Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by Ivan Mazel, On3 national football writer, uh, columnist, uh, senior writer for On3. Uh, he's been on our show here on, on Texas Football a couple of times. Uh, he was formerly of uh, ESPN for a couple of decades, close to it at least, uh, as well as the Dallas Morning News and Newsday, a host of other publications as well. Uh, but Ivan's <laughs> well-respected and, and one of my favorite guys uh, in the industry. Uh, Ivan, welcome in. We're going to talk a little uh, football on this Saturday conversation. Thanks, Bobby. I, I have a question about when Texans, and I'm, I was thinking of the reaction to the game last week, when you say that you clutch your pearls down there, does it mean jewelry or beer? <laughs> well, it means something else in Aggieland. I don't know. It's squeeze, right? Um, but for, for most Texans, it was a – that was a tough loss uh, for the Longhorns in Lubbock oh. um, in just one of those games that Steve Sarkeesian uh, needed to win, and, and he, he did not. Uh, obviously, they've got some work to do on a defense that some say has improved. Quinn Ewers still not back at quarterback to, to as yet, could play later today against West Virginia. Um, but, you know, what from the outside looking in, Ivan, because uh, you traveled to – You'll you'll be in Kansas uh, or in Lawrence for the uh, uh, tip uh, or for the game against uh, Iowa State uh, later today. But <laughs> from a person on the outside looking in at the Texas program, what do you see? Uh, I know you saw you were saw the Alabama game. What are you seeing from Steve Sarkeesian in the second year? I think they're improved, Bobby, and that's you know I'm I'm hardly going out on a limb saying that. Uh, you know, the, the loss in Lubbock is a little more of, of what people fear about Sark. But I think they're better than they were last year. And look, you know, we're only a month into the season and you don't, you know, uh, you don't want to make any grand statements in September. You know, having awarded the 2015 Heisman to Leonard Fournette uh, in September, I, I became well aware of that rule. Uh but I think the league is really tough. I don't know that there is a soft team in this league. And we may see a lot of games like Texas Tech and Texas, where the team that's not quite as talented but at home and is, is focused is going to beat the team that's a little better. And, and I think we're in for a whole season of that. Yeah, it looks like the, the Big 12 up and down it. Uh, is uh, very, very good. There's no, to your point, there's no real weak teams, not with Kansas doing what they're doing this year in particular. Um, but but uh, talk to me about this Texas-West Virginia game uh, and what you think of it uh, later tonight. Well, I I, I mean, I, I, I like Texas. I, you know, they got better players in West Virginia. I think they'll be focused after last Saturday. Uh, I loved Bijan Robinson saying he was carrying a football around campus this week. You know, that was a, uh, that was medicine that Johnny Latner took in 1952, I think, <laughs> after he fumbled a few times for Notre Dame and he went on to win the Heisman in 53, I believe. So, uh, you know, that, that, that made me smile. And, uh, and it shows you that, you know, no matter what you give these kids in terms of, of uh, NIL or, or riches, 
there's a, they're still kids and B, they still want to succeed. And, you know, the money is not going to get in their way. So uh, I think Texas will come out focused and I think they'll play well. Uh, it's a, a litmus test of, of, of sorts in the big 12 this week, all 10 teams in action uh, playing one another. Uh, Oklahoma at TCU, Texas Tech at Kansas State, Oklahoma State at Baylor, West Virginia at Texas, and then uh, where you're going to be, Iowa State and Kansas. Uh, what do you make of Kansas right now? They're 4-0, and uh, not ranked, but probably should be. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Daniels are, is playing, a, having a whale of a season, the, the uh, KU quarterback that engineered the win over Texas a year ago at DKR. Um, what are your thoughts there? I like Kansas. You know, Jalen Daniels is is playing great football. He's a veteran guy. Somebody tweeted out early this week what he's done against the Blitz, and the numbers are scary, scary good. Uh, and and I think Lance Leipold has has done a tremendous job of instilling confidence and belief in this team. And you know. I don't have to tell Longhorns that, you know, Longhorn fans that it took until most of last year for it to kick in. And then once it did, they took off and we're just seeing more of it this season. There may have taken some people uh, by surprise early in September, but, you know, I, I don't think Iowa State will be taken by surprise. What I'm really curious to see today, Bobby, is whether there is actually game day traffic in Lawrence. You know, I, I, I'm sure that that is something that hasn't happened in many, many years. Well, you were you and I were talking uh, off offline before we started this conversation. As a national football writer, when is the last time <laughs> you went to Lawrence, Kansas, to cover a football game? I think it was 1987. <laughs> uh, Forty-five uh, was, <laughs> was my first year at the Morning News. Uh, Thirty. And, and Kansas and Kansas State were winless late in the year. So I went up and, and Kansas had a young first-year coach named Glenn Mason, who, of course, went on to have a, a, a very good career at KU and at Minnesota. And it was the last year before Bill Snyder got. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Uh, to, uh, to Manhattan. It may have been 88. I can't remember, 87 or 88, but... Uh, it was it was a story where you go to sort of poke fun at both schools and and uh, Mason was so upbeat it turned out to be a fun story because he he was going to build something and he did and we you know we're seeing KU rebound again it's it's a pretty cool story um Lance Leopold uh job prospects for next season have been pretty I mean I I think the folks in uh, Lincoln Nebraska have have their eye on him. If And if they don't, they probably should. Same yeah. with Georgia Tech, just about anybody. Uh, he's won championships at the D3 level, got Buffalo back on track or on track for the first time ever in its program history. Uh, and now what he's doing in Lawrence is is phenomenal. 
Um, where do you think he's coaching next year? I think he'll be at Kansas. Uh, you know, he, he made a statement either this week or, or recently. I'm not sure exactly when that, you know, he didn't come here to go somewhere else. And of course, we've heard coaches say that before and, and, and they go somewhere else. But, you know, I, I think there is a he seems like a guy that would think long and hard before he would job hop. And I think he's very appreciative of KU giving him the opportunity at the FBS level. He's close to 60 years old and had never had that opportunity. As you said, he won D three titles at Wisconsin whitewater. Uh, he went to Buffalo and, and, and did very well, and, but he never got a shot and he, and after spring practice last year, let's not forget that, after spring practice, took the opportunity to go to KU, which was a job that most people have said, you got to be nuts to go take. And he took it. It's been a fast turnaround. You know, uh, it's a great story. I hope he stays there for a long time. Yep. I, I think it is a great story. Uh, <laughs> looking at the other games in the conference, do you, you think KU is going to uh, beat uh, Iowa State? I do. Okay. It'll be interesting because Iowa State actually uh, will be the first defensive-minded team that KU has faced. You can't call Houston that. Uh, you can't call West Virginia that. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that that pans out. Um, let's let's go uh, up to Fort Worth and talk about Oklahoma TCU. Uh, the uh, Sooners coming off their first loss uh, with Brent Venables as a head guy. Uh, TCU. Uh, d does not have their starter, I don't think, again this week. Uh, Chandler Morris is expected to be out, I believe. Uh, I'll double-check that but uh, and post it on the comments section of this video. Uh, but OU going to, to Fort Worth, uh, you know, what, what do you think of that game? Well, you know, Max Duggan's done a great job at TCU uh, playing quarterback, and it's a, you know, Sonny Dykes is a quarterback whisperer. I mean, the guy knows how to coach offensive football. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to put points on the board. And, and as we saw last week with OU, they, they are vulnerable, which is a, a surprise with a Brent Venables team. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be the typical TCU uh, shootout. Uh, I'm probably leaning a little bit towards OU just because I think there's a, there's a talent difference there. But I think it's going to be a great ball game. Yeah, it'll be interesting because I think this is going to be uh, – TCU has a wide receiver named Quentin Johnson uh, that not enough people know about nationwide, I don't think. I mean, I'm not, I know you're aware of him, but he doesn't get the PR run that a lot of them do. He doesn't have the greatest stats either. That's part of it. Uh, but he very well could end up being a first-round pick after this year as a true junior. Um, let's talk about Texas Tech and Kansas State, Ivan. Uh, Tech goes to K-State. Uh, K State three and one, Tech three and one. Uh, you know, I, I'm looking at this and saying, "Gee, Tech just beat Texas at home." Uh, Donovan Smith, their quarterback, had an unreal game. Uh, is that something he can carry over to uh, K State? And uh, Adrian Martinez, at the same time, had his best game by far uh, at K State this past weekend. He did, and it, you know, I, I I have a little more because the games in Manhattan. And because Martinez is a, you know, a, what is he, a ninth-year starter now? You know, I, you know b because of that experience, uh, I've got a little more 
faith in K-State. I'm, my concern about Tech is, you know, beating Texas is the, is the holy grail out there, as, as we all know. And, you know, how quickly can you come down from that and go on the road to a place that's really tough to play at and beat a team that's not going to beat itself? You know, that's that's not what Chris Kleiman teams do. So I'm leaning toward K-State there, especially with the way that Martinez seems to he seems to be just playing freer and better because he's he's not burdened by what happened for four years at Nebraska anymore. His girlfriend is a volleyball player on the K-State team, too, by the way. I don't know if you knew that, uh, but well, uh, that's, that, that's one of those things where, you know, I, I feel like sometimes you need to get out of the uh, out of the uh, frying pan, right? And <laughs> just get over there and rest, go somewhere else, uh, yeah. get a fresh start. And he's had a good time, uh, done well so far at K-State. Um, Iowa State, Kansas, we talked about. Oklahoma State goes to Baylor. Um, I think, you know, these are the two ranked teams, uh, the two highest ranked teams in, in the conference, uh, an early season tilt. Oklahoma State with Spencer Sanders, uh, Blake Shapin starting now for the Baylor Bears. He started the season, took over for Jerry Bohannon. Um, this is a rematch from last year's title game uh, where, you know, neither offense really moved the ball very much at all. And it was a defensive struggle. Uh, you see more of the same uh, this week in, in Waco? I do. I mean, I, I'm a leaning. I'm leaning a little bit toward Oak State because of that game last year. I'm sure that's a, you know, that that's a result that stuck in their throat for nine months. Uh, not to mention, wasn't Oak State off last week? You know, uh, yeah. so uh, I, you know, I, I think, um, I, I just think you know Oak State's going to come out really ready to play, even though it, it's in Baylor and Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under thirty seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Uh, I like them. Yeah, and they've got more more defense coming back this year. Baylor graduated heavily exactly. last year for the yeah. NFL. Good point. Uh, in fact, uh, they still got some guys on defense, though. It looks like the Bears. Uh, I, I thought the Bears uh, last week against Iowa State benefited from some early odd calls against Iowa State. There was a targeting from a safety in the middle of a run alley uh, that that uh, extended a drive. And then there was another drive extending one that put Baylor up. And Baylor never really looked back. Blake Shapin uh, looked pretty good in that one. Um, th- those are the big – those are the games in the in the Big 12 that I wanted to go over. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk to you now that I've got you, Ivan, is, is about conference realignment. Um, we are in the midst of it because it keeps coming up. It's, it's the Big 12, Texas and OU going to the SEC – no later than 2025. We here internally, it's 2024 is the target year for the Longhorns. Okay. Despite reports to the contrary, that's what we hear. At the same time, USC and UCLA expected to go to the Big Ten next year. That was the next shoe to drop. Everybody wondered what it was going to be, and that's what it is. Now we're hearing overtures from the Big Ten possibly to four additional Pac-12 schools, um, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal. 
that would leave Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah kind of for for the Big 12 to pick up potentially. Where where are you hearing? I know you have some ties uh, on the West Coast. What are you hearing as far as the latest is concerned uh, with conference realignment in the Pac-12 vis-a-vis the Big 12, et cetera? Well, Bobby, to me, the, the biggest issue for SC and UCLA moving forward is is competitive equity. You know, they have gone ahead and made this step to bolster themselves financially. But if I'm the Big Ten, uh, I would think you would want more teams from the West Coast because it's not fair to USC and UCLA. I don't know how you expect them to compete uh, on the same level as the other schools that are 1,500 miles or farther east of them. Somebody did a, a look at the NFL schedules this year. There are only uh, no team in the NFL is making more than two trips that are two time zones or more uh, in difference. And that's over an 18-week schedule. And you're going to ask USC and UCLA to do it four times in, 13, in a 13-week schedule. That's not fair. You know, and it's not fair for any other sport either. You know, whatever, however long their schedules are. So it makes competitive sense to bring in those four other schools. Now, you, the, the issue is it doesn't make financial sense in the sense that those four schools are not going to bring the, the markets that USC and UCLA brought. And so, you know, everybody, I'm sure all those ADs have already worked the numbers and know how much they're going to get with SC and UCLA. And if you bring those four schools in, you're not going to get that much. So it's going to be a tough vote. Uh, and it may not happen for that reason alone. Certainly many other decisions in the past have been made solely on uh, for financial reasons. But competitively and for student athlete welfare, if they want to pretend they're interested in that, it makes more sense to bring in the other four teams, other four schools. Yeah, and and I, I don't I I hadn't heard that stat. I think that's uh, illuminating. the 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 question I would have uh, is that something that those four schools you think would welcome with open arms? Well, it's it seems counter that they wouldn't. I'm I'm just I'm making sure because sometimes yeah. the devil is in the details. Washington State, I know, at one time was was yelling about not being in. It possibly included same with Oregon state, uh, anything in, in that realm or is that, that free and clear pretty much? Well, I, you know, I, I'm not, uh, I will admit I'm not savvy enough on the, on state politics in either of those States to know what, if it would make a difference. I know there are some States where it absolutely did make a difference. That's how Virginia tech got into the ACC. Virginia was told you are going to vote for them, uh, you know, by within state politics. Um, you know, Stanford has to decide whether they want to play at this level. And uh, they are, uh, Stanford, the administration there is is taking a hard look at Alston money and whether that's something they want to do. And you can certainly try to compete at that level without paying Alston money, but you're going to be at a competitive disadvantage. You what know, do you so- mean by Alston money? Explain that. Uh, Alston money is the Supreme Court case that, was ruled last year in favor of student athletes that schools may pay them 
the number is $5,980. It was set by a lower federal court per year. You can pay student athlete nearly $6,000 a year for quote, an academic award. You know, and everybody's definition of an academic award is different, but it basically means staying eligible. That's what it means at Penn State, for instance. Uh, and I'm not picking on Penn State. I just know where they set the, the, the limit. Stanford's, Stanford has an issue philosophically with paying uh, athletes fund, you know, prizes, funds, whatever, however you want to describe them, that aren't available to other students, the other 6,200 students on campus. So, you know, is that something they are willing to do? And if not, then, you know, Stanford will be at a, even more of a recruiting disadvantage than they are already. And I think Cal's looking at that as well. You know, Cal's underwater financially and has been for many years. So, you know, it, it, it's not a slam dunk to your point that, that either school would be interested. But I think if you're in a, quote, West division of the Big Ten with five other Pacific time zone schools, you can fashion a schedule that would be palatable and you can do it across the board for all sports. Yeah, I think that's it's basically a remake of the Pac-12 with four with six fewer schools, right? Um, from yeah. that side of the country. And and that I, I agree with you in that in that uh in that sense. Um I, Washington and Oregon are obviously chomping at the bit. Uh yeah. Stanford and Cal are academic, and not that Washington's not a fine academic school as well, by the way, but um Stanford and, and Cal have a real uh, penchant for for academics that maybe the other two aren't as hard hardcore about, uh, and so it, it'll be interesting. I, I did see something that I found interesting today. The USC athletic director talked about uh, USC and UCLA non uh, all their Olympic sports sharing a charter plane to go play all of those play, all of those teams together in the non Olympic sports. Well, so. and that's you know that. <laughs> may make sense financially, Bobby, but, you know, wear and tear on the student athlete, it's not going to change anything. I mean, okay, it might be, you know, more comfortable for them to be in a private jet, but that doesn't solve the three-day trip for a, you know, for one game, as opposed to a one-and-a-half-day trip for road trips in the Pac-12 now, you know, at most. So it's, uh, you know, there are, I know at Stanford, for instance, a field hockey team plays mostly East Coast schools. And by the end of the year, those girls are, they're exhausted because they're never home. They're never on campus. They're constantly getting on planes and flying across the country. That's not a collegiate life. You know, so it, it it's a hard decision. And yeah, you gain financial security, but you gain it at a cost. And once again, that cost is born by the kids. And I think, you know, if, if you could have a six team division on the West coast, if the big 10 would swallow hard, you know, financially and, and accept that, then it would be better off. You know, the, the student athlete welfare would be better. You think, uh, you think the SEC is done at this point expanding? Well, at this point, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think short term, I, I'm sure that if, you know, there was a market out there they could get in that they're not in now, like a Chapel Hill 
uh, you know, they, they'd be interested, but I don't know that anybody at Chapel Hill is ready to forsake the ACC. Uh, you know, but what do they gain? You know, if they bring in Clemson, they get nothing from the, from this, you know, the TV, uh, the rights buyers, you bring in Florida state, you get nothing. You already got Florida, you know, Miami the same way. I mean, you might get a little something, but it, it, there's nobody out there. And, and, you know, the beauty of taking Texas and OU is that they're contiguous to the rest of the league. And in fact, you may be creating a rivalry like an Oklahoma, Arkansas, as well as resurrecting rivalries that have been dead for a while. So, uh, there's nobody out there that I'm aware of that would be obvious to take outside of North Carolina and North Carolina. I mean, you know, I guess you could make a case for Virginia tech, but I, I you know, I don't know. It, yeah. It, yeah. It, well, North Carolina is not going to separate from both Duke. You wouldn't think Duke no. NC state, as well as Virginia. <laughs> you just, you just don't see that. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think so. But of course, if you look at the permanent opponents on the ACC schedule, now you wonder whoever made it, you know, if they've ever looked at any at the history of the ACC, there are a lot of teams that aren't playing one another anymore. But uh, it, you know, <clears throat> we're we're talking about Texas and OU going to the SEC as if, well, of course. And look at what they left behind. You know, the tradition they they are leaving behind by making that move. So, you know, who's to say North Carolina wouldn't do the same thing for for money? Yes. All right. Um, that, that's good discussion. Ivan, one last thing. I know you're a Heisman voter. Uh, you're top two or three right now in the Heisman. Oh, you know, I, I really haven't. It, it's, it's been an odd year in the sense that we're, we're getting to October 1st with, to my mind, without an obvious go chase him, yeah. you know? And, uh, I mean, I, <clears throat> I wrote a column this week wondering how, DJ Uyunglele was ACC quarterback of the week when Sam Hartman played better last Saturday. I mean, I, I thought Sam Hartman played great, and I'm really curious to see how he does in Tallahassee uh, against Florida State because I I could easily see uh, voting for him. Uh, <clears throat> Jalen Daniels has got the storyline behind him, and he's he's having a great year in Kansas's you know great guns. Uh, you tell me who do you yeah, like? Yeah, no, CJ Stroud is probably the one that gets yeah, the most play, sure. right? But but at the same time, I mean, at what point does every Ohio State quarterback it's like picking Bryce Young again, right? Well, um, it is, and you know, and he's the preseason favorite, but I, I gotta tell you, you know, their last I think their last nine first quarter drives, they've scored touchdowns, you know. Uh since the that since the Notre Dame game, the last three games. You know, there, there were two drives that leaked into the second quarter and they got a touchdown and a field goal. So it's either 10 out of 11 or nine of nine, however you want to look at it. And that's, he, he's, he is doing remarkably well. You're talking about Stroud there. Stroud, yeah. Obviously. Yeah, Young Young doesn't have the receivers this year no. to, to put him in the same caliber as he was a year ago uh, or Alabama in the same caliber they were even two years ago with Devontae Smith and uh, Jalen Wall in that group. Um, all right, Ivan Mazel of uh, On Three National, our senior college football writer, uh, a friend of mine for a long period of time. Uh, he is uh, not only a, a great uh, a great wit about college football; he's a good guy as well. Uh, please check out his stuff on On3.com. 
Uh, Ivan, thank you so much for joining us on, on Texas football. Uh, enjoy your Saturday in Lawrence, bud. Thanks, Bobby. Talk to you again soon. All right. Have a good one now.